you need to reconnect with your why, why you became a nurse in the first place, refocusing on connecting to the human side of everything and letting it be okay to take that time you need to heal. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente Northern California. I'm your host, Carrie Owen Pleats. Caring for patients every day is no ordinary task. Providing extraordinary care, as the three nurses we are speaking to today can attest, requires a special level of mental and physical preparation or self-care every single day. Today, we'll have the pleasure of hearing from these extraordinary nurses about the underpinnings of their success from a sound family life to meditation. We'll also talk about how they are there for their teams, extending lessons in their own self-care to create a safe and healthy work environment. First, a little bit about Northern California's Extraordinary Nurse Award Program. It is an annual award designated to recognize and honor nurses who exemplify professionalism, compassion, teamwork, excellence, integrity, and patient family-centered care in their practice. This year, 32 awards were given out in 16 categories, and there were over 900 nominations. So my warmest congratulations to all the 2023 honorees. I'm so delighted to have these three wonderful human beings with me here today to talk about their secret sauce and how is it that they bring this to their practice, their self-care to ensure that they can truly be extraordinary in supporting their patients and their teams. Let's start with Lisa Moshri, Service Director, Continuing Care at KP Modesto Medical Center. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive, Lisa. Thank you, Carrie. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, Lisa, what personal qualities and attributes do you believe are absolutely essential for an extraordinary nurse to possess? And how do you cultivate these qualities within yourself to provide the best possible care to your patients? So an extraordinary nurse really is compassionate and compassionate is a combination of empathy with actions and it brings that nurse a lot of joy to provide that care. Giving back to others is what we do and that's what we like to do. Lisa, how did you become a nurse? Like where did that start? I actually was working for a group home where I was working with pregnant and parenting teens I was a counselor for that group and I would go with those young ladies to birth and I saw what nurses did. I was just enamored by what they were doing and the technology that they were using. It was just an honor to be present with these young ladies and then watching the nurses in action also providing that care. I decided immediately that that's what I wanted to do. So glad that you're at Kaiser Permanente. Thank you. Nursing requires incredible presence for patients, as you were saying, and that just can be hard. So let's talk about (laughs) self-care, the things you do for yourself, which allow you to be present in your work and to support your patients and the team. What do you do for yourself to ensure that you take care of yourself and that you're present and effective for your daily interactions? I think um, having peace of mind when I come to work to know that everything is under control in the home setting, making sure that I put all my personal issues behind me and I have a wonderful supportive family. 
On another note, when I get stressed out, I make sure I attend a yoga session where I can at the end meditate and clear my mind and make sure I'm present for the next day and all those resentment feelings or whatever I'm feeling, if I'm feeling stressed, I can release those through exercise or yoga. So just taking care of myself and then taking care of others brings me joy. So how did you find that yoga was your thing for self-care that got you into the right mental place? Because some people are just like, I don't know about yoga. I felt that same way. I wasn't too sure. I was more of a work it out kind of gal. But Uh when I went, I said, I'm just going to give it a try. And something about the the vibe, the music, the relaxation. I found that anytime I was stressed and I went to a yoga class, that just took care of everything. I came back renewed and refreshed and I could sleep better and I could feel better and I could be a better person. I love that. So now let's bring in extraordinary nurse, Michael Cabrera, staff nurse and quality liaison at Manteca Medical Center into the conversation. Welcome, Michael. How are you? Hi, Carrie. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. So welcome to the conversation. I'm super excited to have you. When we're talking about an emotional foundation for extraordinary nurses, what do you believe is the emotional foundation of being an extraordinary nurse? How do you take care of your emotional needs to be fully present and provide compassionate care to your patients? Definitely. I think we all know that we have a really difficult, uh, daunting job. Um, You know, we're dealing with death, dying at times, suffering, but also we're dealing with a lot of great things, right? A lot of people overcoming huge obstacles. And so I think going into the job with the correct mindset and a good solid foundation of, of core values really does help. The importance of being positive wanting to make a positive difference for yourself and your patients goes a long way. Leading with the mindset of love and fun, I think goes a long way also. I love that. Love and fun. Yeah. And whenever I'm dealing with difficult times, I try to fall back on those things because especially when, um, you know, the stuff hits the fan and when times are very difficult, if you have a solid foundation of those core values, it does help guide you in the right direction, I believe. So Mike, where did that come from, deploying that kind of mindset of just love and and fun? Where did that come to you? How did you bring that into your nursing practice? You know, fortunately for me, I was raised with great parents still together today. They still hold hands and they walk around the mall and, you know, they still love each other. And uh, my dad's always joking. And I think that was always embedded to me from such an early age. Oh, go dad. I'm giving him credit too. So when you're having a really just tough, tough day. And I'm just thinking about during the pandemic when there wasn't a lot of laughter and there just wasn't a lot of joy. Can you just share an experience of how you brought love and joy? Sure. I remember a um, particular instance when it was a really bad day. You know, if you recall back to the early days of the pandemic, um, we had to deal with shortage of PPE. In addition to that, we had to deal with a lot of death, a lot of dying, a lot of suffering. And so, you know, everyone's mood was always deflated. One of my coworkers had a particularly difficult assignment, a couple patients who were actively dying. Um, in addition to that, she had a couple other patients who were really, really sick and she was asking for some help. And so I had the foresight to get a lot of my work done as quickly as possible so that I would free up enough time to try to help her. And so I was able to, you know, lend in a helpful hand, take some of that pressure away from her um, to allow her to give some of her other patients a little bit more time that she needed to give to them so that they could um, experience the love that they needed as well. Yeah. 
We talked about this on a previous episode that there are many organizations that shy away from using the term love and I don't understand it. We're in the business of caring for our community and we have this amazing privilege of taking care of our patients. So love has to be part of the equation. So thank you for continuing the this beautiful legacy of joy and laughter and love. All right, so we're going to shift gears a little bit. I'm going to bring Lisa back into this conversation. So Lisa, we were talking about how do you apply self-care, but I'm wondering if you could talk about how do you apply self-care to your teams? Well, we do have a wonderful team. And I think what brings us together is we have outstanding leadership from the top all the way through our leadership chain. And so we have autonomy to make decisions. We're able to make those decisions without being micromanaged. And we're able to execute those things that will create efficiency, create joy in work, change our workflows if we need to. And we are given permission to do that. And in addition to that, I think that we honor work-life balance. So one of the things that's very important to my leader, and it trickles down all the way through our ranks, is ensuring everyone has work-life balance. If time off is requested, we try to grant whoever needs whatever time. And even when sometimes maybe you don't know that you need that time, I have had an employee and she did have a very traumatic experience with her daughter. She did come back to work. She was not functioning as well as she could have been. She wasn't handling the stress at that time. Um, she was having some difficulty completing her duties. So I brought her in. Uh, we had a conversation about how she could be successful and what she needed to be successful. And we both came to the conclusion that she needed some time and she was granted that time off. So I think just identifying what it is that your team members need from you, whether it's a colleague, even your boss, sometimes they need things, right? And trying to work with them and give them what they need. That's just a great example, Lisa, of helping this individual through the process where they might have had guilt on their own of saying, well, I can't take off from work. I've got to do this. And just giving them the grace and space to find what they truly need. And I'm sure it's gonna have a lasting impact on this individual you're talking about. Yes, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to say, I need some time. Yeah, it's okay to not be okay. And we have this historical framework of not having a comfort level of talking about when you're not at a you know 10 out of 10. We all have those days where yes. we're going to have a three out of 10 because we are human beings. So let's have grace with ourselves and have grace with others. Another beautiful example of being extraordinary, Lisa. Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you. So I'd like to bring our third guest into the conversation. Welcome to Michelle Papazan, RN, Neonatal Intensive Care Unit over at Antioch Medical Center. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for having me here today, Carrie. Well, it's super great to have you. So, Michelle, how do you prioritize your own well-being to ensure that you are both emotionally and mentally present for your patients and also your teammates? So I feel that you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. So you can't give what you don't have, right? Yeah. So the more you take care of yourself, the better you show up for your patients and for everyone who's around you. So I do believe that prioritizing one's well-being is crucial for the nurses, and it ensures that you can emotionally and mentally be present for everybody. 
And I prioritize myself by practicing self-care. I developed a few routines and I schedule it into my life. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about that. So how do you schedule it and what do you do? So I start my day every day. I have all these positive affirmations stuck on a mirror and I start my day by reading these positive affirmations out loud. So at work, my core council that I run is working on revising caring science and bringing the Kerasos processes more to the forefront. So we made these Kerasos boards based off of what I do every morning with these positive affirmations. And it has positive affirmations all over it for the nurses and the leaders to read as they come into the workplace. I go to the gym because exercise makes me feel super good. And then <laughs> by doing that, it makes me want to eat better. So I try to eat well because I feel better. And then my favorite day ever is a stay at the spa. Ooh, I just love it. I like spa jump all over. There's one that I just love. I could spend eight hours at the spa. Oh, I could. I could. could. Absolutely. Okay. Well, a lot of people look at me like, are you kidding? I like to meditate to center myself. So I really have worked on that over the years and you can do a mindful meditation anywhere. It puts me in this calm space where I don't have distractions from outside anymore. I'm focused and I can go in and I can handle anything. Wow. I feel like you could write a book. That was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So a couple of things that are just hitting me is I love the boards. What a beautiful way to just spread gratitude and kindness and grace for yourself. I also love the connection between you and Lisa in particular about just having the exercise to really kind of recenter and maybe dreading it at first, but you always feel so much better afterwards. I think we can probably all relate to that Oh, God, I got to get up and go to the gym. So (laughs) but feeling better afterwards, I can totally relate to it. Michelle, there was a story that I think I heard. It was about you and the neonatal unit that was really touching. Would you mind sharing? Yes. Um, It's about this baby named Jack. So there was a baby that had been in our NICU about three weeks earlier and actually coded. And so we all worked in this big code on baby Jack and we were able to help him and get him off to um, another hospital for higher level of care. And then he came back three weeks later. And so they assigned me to Jack that night and I came in to work and the mom was behind the curtain and you could hear her crying. And I thought, you know, I got to go back there and see what I can do. So I got down on my knees. So I was face to face with her looking in her eyes and I grabbed her hand and I said, what can I do to help you and Jack today? I'm your nurse, Michelle. And she said, they're not hearing me. No one's listening. I know what Jack needs and no one will listen. Mm. And I said, I will listen to you. I'm listening to you right now. And um, she said that Jack had a feeding tube. He was all better, except he had a feeding tube. And they hadn't really attempted to let him have the bottle because they're taking it slow and that's the orders. But she said, I just know he could take the bottle. Can you do anything? And I said, okay, I'm going to talk to the pediatrician and see what we can do to help you and Jack tonight on this shift. So I went and talked to her. She said, go ahead and try to give him a bottle. Help the mom, show her how to feed. So I went ahead back and I said, good news. We get to try a bottle for Jack. And so I showed her how to feed. And you know what? He ate up the whole bottle, 60 mLs in 10 minutes. Oh, wow. And so she was so excited. And then when my shift was ending in the morning, she said, will you please have us back tonight? And I said, I will. I'll request you back tonight. And so I was to come back at seven. And when I came back the next day at seven, they weren't there. 
And I said, where is baby Jack? And they said, he went home at three o'clock. Oh my gosh. He ate all his food. He could eat two bottles at once. And they're so happy. And there's this beautiful card from the mom left there. And she also filled it out on a daisy thing. And I got a daisy off of this. And she said that she felt like I was her angel and someone heard her, really heard her for one time. And that was that. And I only had him for a few hours. So I love that family. Oh, Michelle, it's just extraordinary. And it just speaks to the overall power of nurses. It's just, that was just beautiful. Thank you so much for listening to the mom. And it speaks to the power of being centered in the moment and really listening and trying to slow things down. Hearing is one thing, but truly listening is something that is extraordinary. So thank you so much for sharing that story. And now I'm, I've got tears and, you know, runny nose. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So these are just profound lessons for all of us, the importance of grounding at home, taking care of our bodies and minds and creating a place where our colleagues can be vulnerable so we can help them in times of their need. Thank you so much to all of you for sharing your stories. And I end each podcast episode asking the same question of all of our guests. What one piece of advice would you give our team to heal? and to rebound from the past three plus years of the pandemic. And Michelle, I'd love to start with you. Okay, well, as we were talking throughout the podcast, self-care is one way that I would say to heal, but you need to reconnect with your why, why you became a nurse in the first place, refocusing on connecting to the human side of everything and letting it be okay to take that time you need to heal. You can talk to others, share your experiences and process your emotions that way. You can learn to set boundaries for yourself so you can prevent burnout. And the biggest thing is celebrate the smallest success. It doesn't matter how small it is, but it will boost morale and it will improve motivation. I love that. Thank you so much, Michelle. Michael, what would you say? You know, work is such an important aspect of our lives. And sometimes we spend more time at work than at home. Mm -hmm. And with the pandemic, a lot of people are experiencing burnout and a lot of people are experiencing dissatisfaction. So I would say to kind of reset yourself and really reinvigorate your work life, get involved in something that you're passionate about. There's always some type of committee that you can join, some type of initiative that you can help out with. And one of the things I'm most involved with as a quality liaison is uh, mobility. And I'm trying to get patients to understand that this is something that is necessary to heal you. And so, you know, that's something I'm passionate about. That's something that I've had a lot of fun with. We've created videos, we've (laughs) made rap songs about it. And so that's helped kind of reset and reinvigorate a lot of um, the passion I have for nursing. And so I would suggest that to a lot of our coworkers. So you're bringing back the love and compassion and fun into the rap songs and taking care of patients even better. So I love it, Mike. Thank you so much. Um, Lisa, how about you? Well, I really believe that nurses are truly resilient. We had to be through this pandemic. So we lived through it. We did what we needed to do. We took care of our members and our patients. And I just think now it's a time to reconnect with people 
For me, it's about community. It's about reconnecting with our patients. I started rounding in skilled nursing facilities. And so there's so many lonely people out there that didn't have visitors for years now, and they need people to go and just sit with them and talk to them and hear them. So there's so many things we can do to reconnect to our passion for nursing. And one of it is just connecting with our members and our patients. Oh, that is beautiful, Lisa. And thank you for rounding in the skilled nursing facilities. I'm sure that not just brings joy to the patients, but joy to yourself too. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'd like to congratulate again our amazing extraordinary nurses. Thank you so much to Lisa Moshri, Service Director, Continuing Care, KP Modesto Medical Center, Michael Cabrera, Staff Nurse and Quality Liaison at Manteca Medical Center, and Michelle Papazan, RN, Neonatal Intensive Care Unit, Antioch Medical Center. Thank you so much for being on Live Well and Thrive, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. This podcast is one of many resources to support your well-being, including the Employee Assistance Program, offering free and confidential consultations with trained professionals for you to discuss any work or personal problems so you get the support that you need. Find out more on HR Connect under Benefits Wellbeing. As always, I'd like to invite you to share what's on your mind. Ask a question or suggest a topic or guest. Send it to livewellandthrive at kp.org. And whether you're listening on your commute or during a down moment, keep those comments coming. And of course, I'd like to thank you, our listener, for tuning in to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente. I'm Carrie Owen Pleats, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>